Hi, I'm Matthew. My co-hosts, Brianna, Michael, Paul, and I have found life beyond Mormonism to be brighter than we were told it would be. Join us for discussions about our journeys from Mormon to Jesus. I'm Brianna from the Outer Brightness Podcast. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, Episode 13. The Plymouth Progress is purposefully and completely based on John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. Today's episode 13 is at ChristianCarGuy.com, both as a podcast with episodes 1 through 12, so you can easily catch up with a series but also so you can find a follow-along of the original book for today's episode. And most importantly, the scripture references that go along with today's episode that greatly help in the interpretation of the Plymouth Progress. That's all at ChristianCarGuy.com. Then Jimmy beheld in his dream that Plymouth Valiant, Fraser 4 before Formalist, and Hupmobile Hypocrisy all went on till they came to the foot of the Hill of Difficulty, at the bottom of which was a spring. There were also in that same place two other ways besides that way. Those came straight from the gate, one turned to the left hand and the other to the right at the bottom of the hill. But the narrow way lay right up the hill, and the name of the going up the side of the hill is called Difficulty. Valiant now went to the spring and drank thereof to refresh himself, and then began to go up the hill, saying, Ah, the hill though high, I chose to ascend it. The difficulty will not me offend, for I perceive the way to life lies here. Come, let's neither faint nor fear. It is better, though difficult, to choose the right way to go rather than the wrong way, which might be easy, but the end is woe. The other two, Fraser and Hupmobile, also came to the foot of the hill, but when they saw that the hill was steep and high, and that there were two simpler ways to go, they chose the ways that look easier. They supposed that the two ways would go around the hill and meet up again with the straight way that Valiant was taking on the other side of the hill. It would be much easier, therefore, they resolved to have a discussion. My dear Fraser, I perceive that steep hill to be much more difficult than needs be. What say you that we take the less difficult ways? I will go to the right, and you to the left, and we shall meet together on the other side. Now the name of one of those ways was danger, and the name of the other way was destruction. So the one took the way which is called danger, which led him into a great wood, and the other took up the way to destruction, which led him into a field full of dark mountains, where he swerved off the road, crashed, and died. Jimmy in his dream then looked to see what was happening with Valiant. He saw Valiant go up the steep hill where he perceived Valiant downshifted from third gear to second and from second to first because of the steepness of the place. Now about midway to the top of the hill was a pleasant arbor, made by the lord of the hill for the refreshing of weary travelers thither. Therefore Valiant got where he also parked to rest himself. Then he pulled a scroll out of his bosom and read therein to his comfort. 
He also now began afresh to take a review of the coat of paint that he was given as he stood by the cross. Thus pleasing himself a while, he at last fell into a slumber and thence into a fast sleep, which detained him in that place until it was almost night, and in his sleep his scroll slipped to the ground. Now as he was sleeping, there came a shining one to him and awakened him. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Valiant suddenly started up and sped him on his way, and he went apace till he came to the top of the hill. Now when he'd gotten up to the top of the hill, there came two sedans driving to meet him at full force. The name of the one was Taurus Timorous, and the other was Malibu Mistrust, to whom Valiant said, Sirs, what's the matter? You run the wrong way. We were going to the city of Zion and had gotten up that difficult place, but the further we go, the more danger we meet with. Wherefore we turned and are going back again. Yes, yes, for just before us lie a couple of lions in the way, whether sleeping or waking we know not, and we could not think if we came within reach, but they would presently pull us to pieces. Oh, you make me afraid. But whither shall I fly to be safe? If I go back to my known country, that is prepared for fire and brimstone, and I shall certainly perish there. If I can get to the Celestial City, I am sure to be in safety there. I must venture. To go back is nothing but death. To go forward is fear of death, and the life everlasting beyond it. No, I will yet go forward. Yes, I will yet go forward. And so Malibu Mistrust and Taurus Timorous drove down the hill and Valiant went on his way. But thinking again of what he'd heard from the men, he felt in his bosom for his scroll, that he might read therein and be comforted. But he felt and found it not. Then was Valiant in great distress, and he knew not what to do, for he wanted that which used to give him great comfort, and that which should have been his pass into the celestial city. Here, therefore, he began to be much perplexed, and knew not what to do. At last he thought to himself, he had slept in the arbor that is on the side of the hill, and falling down upon his knees, he asked God's forgiveness for this foolish act, and then went back to look for his scroll. But all the way he went, who can sufficiently set forth the sorrow of Valiant's heart? Sometimes he sighed, sometimes he wept, and oftentimes he chided himself for being so foolish to fall asleep in that place, which was erected only for the little refreshment of his weariness. Thus, therefore, he went back, carefully looking on this side and on that, all the way as he went, hoping fervently that he might find his scroll that had been his comfort so many times in his journey. He went thus till he came within sight of the arbor where he sat and slept, but that sight renewed his sorrow the more by bringing again even afresh his evil of sleeping into his mind. Thus, therefore, he now went on bewailing his sinful sleep. Oh, wretched man that I am! that I should sleep in the daytime, that I should sleep in the midst of difficulty, that I should indulge to the flesh, as to use that rest for ease to my flesh, which the Lord of the hill hath erected only for the relief of the spirits of pilgrims. Oh, how many steps have I taken in vain? Thus it happened to Israel. For their sin, they were sent back again by the way of the Red Sea. And now I am made to tread those steps with sorrow, which I might have walked with delight had it not been for this sinful sleep. 
How far might I have been on my way by this time? I am made to tread those steps three times over, which I needed not to have trod but once. Yea, now also I am like to be benighted, for the day is almost spent. Oh, that I had not slept. Now, by this time, he had come to the arbor again. While for a while he sat down and wept, but at last his valiant would have it, looking sorrowfully down under the settle, there he espied his scroll. The witch he, with trembling and haste, caught it up and put it into his bosom. But who can tell how joyful this man was when he'd gotten his scroll again? For this scroll was the assurance of his life and acceptance at the desired haven. Therefore he laid it up into his bosom, gave thanks to God for directing his eye to the place where it lay, and with joy and tears betook himself again to his journey. But oh, how nimbly now did he go up the rest of the hill! Yet before he got up, the sun went down upon Valiant, and this made him again recall the vanity of his sleeping to his remembrance, and thus he again began to condole with himself. Oh, thou sinful sleep! For that little rest I am now making my journey in the dark of night. <sighs> I must walk without the sun. Darkness must cover the path of my tires, and I must hear the noise of the doleful creatures because of my sinful sleep. Now also he remembered the story that Malibu Mistrust and Taurus Timorous told him of how they were frightened by the sight of the lions. Oh, these beasts prowl in the night, looking for their prey. And if they should meet with me in the dark, how should I escape from them? How should I escape being torn in pieces by them? Thus, Valiant went on his way. But while he was thus bewailing his unhappy circumstances, he lifted up his headlamps, and behold, there was a very stately palace before him, the name of which was Beautiful, and it stood just by the highway side. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh-huh, Randy. Those boys that went left and right used to not tire of getting up hills. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. Those were... The good years. <laughs> See, Daddy, it's a good year tire. See what I did there? Oh, boy. But seriously, Daddy, God's way is usually the narrow and uphill way. But those struggles make us stronger. And it sure helps if we have a testimony to pull out to remember how God came through for us. Valiant sure showed us the value of his testimony. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Daddy. It sure did. And you know what? I was thinking, did you know that Goodyear Tires' motto? Their motto is, they have Goodyear written all over them. So I was just thinking, maybe we should make sure our testimony is written all over us. Oh, <laughs> boy. Okay, what do you call clothes for a car? A tire! I see, Daddy, it's a, a tire, but it's two T's. <laughs> oh, boy, Daddy. Say goodbye, Daddy! <laughs> see you later, Radio. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. How come you're always such a fussy young man? Don't want no Captain Crush, don't want no Raisin Bran. Well, don't you know that other kids are starving in Japan? So eat it. Just eat it. Don't want to argue Till you clean off your plate So eat it Don't you tell me you're full Just eat it Eat it Get your
So today's <laughs> Christian Car Guy show, Adam and Eve had an eating disorder. <laughs> I don't know if you ever put that together. <laughs> you might have heard Weird Al Yankovic there with his uh, classic Just Eat It, which, you know, one of my favorite songs out there. <laughs> but I don't know if you ever thought about it. But Adam and Eve, you know, the whole fruit, forbidden fruit thing, it was an eating disorder. And you know what? I think I have one, too. So as I was processing all this, God had me on this plan this week. You may know that, you probably do know, that most car salespeople struggle with this whole concept of lying, right? Of deceiving. What is deception? Or maybe salesmen in general have that stigma where a lot of people believe that we stretch the truth one way or the other or what that exactly looks like. So... You know, what happened there with Adam and Eve becomes really significant, certainly in the car business, but I think for all of us in all our lives. So as I was processing, what exactly was this lie that Satan told, if you just pinned it on him, was when he said, you will not surely die, right? And so that's pretty clear cut. So apparently... What Eve had in mind at the time was, I'm not eating this because it will kill me. Now, I don't know about you, but I've felt that way about a donut or two. <laughs> like, and I think Satan uses the same old, uh, you know, it surely won't kill you. <laughs> I don't know exactly how all that works, but I do know that when you look at the word deception in Hebrew, and I've studied it all week, you come up with this concept of life's pleasures are coming to an end, right? And so the bur the sun is burning up, right? My car is wearing out. The, the kids are going to be leaving. They grow up too fast. You know, when I was selling cars, especially Buicks, I, I, I couldn't get over the fact that almost everybody that came in to buy a Buick, one of their terms would always be, this is going to be my last car. <laughs> what the and do you think that's a deception? Because that was always their deal. This is going to be my last car. And so the question kind of today, at the Christian car guy, that I would love for you to call in is, you know, what's Satan's deception with you? Like, what's his go-to? The spirit of poverty is clearly what, you know, he always goes to with me. And so I'm giving you an example so you can call in at 866-348-7884, but What's the example with you? So for me, like, I start to hear the sound in the car, and I go, oh, man, that's going to be $500. Where am I going to come up with that? Or I hear, I look outside in my backyard, and the light is flashing on the septic tank, and I'm like, oh, man, that's going to be 1000 you know. And how am I going to come with that up with that? And so the spirit of poverty is alive and well, and I think it's been there ever since you know, Eve was thrown this thing like in order for you to have all the pleasures of life, you know, you're going to have to eat something. <laughs> and, you know, there it was. So that rabbit hole goes really, really deep. And, and it, I do this um, study every single day on my podcast called Bible Wonders, which if you just tell Siri I want to listen to Christian Car Guy podcast, you can listen to all the episodes I've done online this week. But what I came across was absolutely beautiful when I studied it, was that 
The concept of lying has everything to do with leanness, in other words, skinniness, and the and the concept of truth is quite often shown in the idea of fatness. So when I first came to Christ, one of the first things that um, happened was that I wanted to sell more cars <laughs> because I was a car salesman. And so I started reading the Bible because I bought a series by Norman Vincent Peale called The Power of Positive Thinking. And he said, if you want to have positive thinking, you've got to get up an hour early every morning and start reading the Bible. Well, I started doing that. And it, and it clearly did end up with my salvation. And it clearly did end up with me having a positive mental attitude, which becomes also critical. But I didn't know what I was reading. So I kept praying. And he said to do that so you'd get some understanding. And when you get to Exodus 29, I believe it is, there's this whole section on taking fat off the liver. And I can remember thinking at the time, and, I, and, I, and it has perplexed me for over 30 years, what in the world does fat on the liver have to do with selling cars? <laughs> like, why am I reading this? What, what possible implication could this be? And so that, that question is kind of stuck in my mind for years and years and years. Well, this week, I revisited it. And you know what? In Psalms 51, you might know David, when he was repenting from what happened with Bathsheba, he told God that he wants truth in the innermost places. As God, you desireth truth in the innermost places. And when you look at that way that he did that, all of a sudden, when you go back to the 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 fat that was on the liver, it is filled, that particular fat, it's got two tubs in it. In other words, it's filled with truth. And so all of a sudden I began to see, oh my goodness, where you find fatness in the Bible is similar to where you're finding truth. Now, you got to track with me a minute. You know, Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word, which means he is the truth, which means as you consume Jesus, guess what you get? Fat. <laughs> See, you don't get skinny. You don't get lean, right? And, and all of a sudden, you begin to think, wow, this, this eating Jesus concept, when he said you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood— that this would begin to give you this layer of fat that, which by the way, when you study that layer of fat that goes over your liver, which I did this week, it is full of your immune system. It's got all these special white blood cells that take infection and they kill it. And it also will actually isolate parts of your internal organs. So a lie, when you think about it, is infection. So you got lies that you're believing. What's Satan's go-to with you? Do you have the courage to call us? 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. So much more. Christian Car Guy Show coming at you. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
today's Christian Car Guys show, Adam and Eve had an eating disorder. <laughs> and so do I. And I don't know if you ever noticed it before. And the reason I picked that particular song, I do love it, is, oh, my goodness, the solution to my eating disorder, my personal one, is the 23rd Psalm. Right, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? He anoints me with oil, which, by the way, is fatness, which we were talking about. That word shemen in Hebrew has a lot to do with that. He anoints me with oil. And again, as I really think the whole idea of what was Eve tempted with, she was tempted with pleasures and desires that she wanted to fulfill that she didn't think she could get through God. So how exactly does all that work? We'll get to that. But I want you to think about what's Satan's go-to with you. What's the lie, right? Because God desires truth in our innermost parts. So when we all of a sudden think, oh, there's no way I'm going to get through this. There's no way I'm going to get through this radio show today. <laughs> then if I make an agreement with that, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble because, you know, or I can take on the fatness, right? The fatness of... Oh, Jesus is right here with me, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I will fear no evil, right? Because he's right here. And, and, and the, the cool thing is that there is this, this letter in Hebrew that you might know. So today's show is brought to you by the hoof, which looks like a crown. And it has to do with desire and pleasure. And so when Eve was being tempted clearly you think about it, that, wow, there must be some pleasure that I haven't experienced because, you know, that's, I need to eat this apple. And, and so often we are tempted by that type of thing. So interestingly, in Hebrew, there's this phenomenal concept that they have, I think it's pronounced tenug, which has to do with these delights. And they, and they, again, they have to do with fatness and they have to do with truth and where you'll find it is in the Song of Solomon, in this love song, it says, How fair, how pleasant are thou, O love, for delights, explanation. I mean, like, this is a big deal. This is, like, huge. Well, once again, if you look inside that word, you know what you're going to find? Truth. You're going to find a tub. You're going to find fatness. You're going to find richness. It's, it's right there. And, and if you look in the 109th Psalm, you're going to see where David's complaining that he's getting lean. And guess what? That word deceive is right in there again. So when you look at for lies, it's making you skinny. And when you look at, I know this is going against your eating disorder, but I'm just telling you, when you look at truth, okay? And so as you think about this, what Norman Vincent Peale told me, start reading the Bible. What are you going to get when you read the Bible? You're going to get the truth. What are you going to get? You're going to get fat, right? You're going to have these antibodies to go up against those lies that come in that try to infect you. You're going to have a covering over your liver, right? What does the liver do? It cleans your blood. You know, you, you, need, you need to be covered. Well, the truth, which is Jesus, by the way, and he is all those delights, and he is all those things. So I just, I was just amazed as, as I saw through this, and, and, I, and I've, I've started to think about the Jesus labor love, right? Here's car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And 
again, I'm so blessed to have so many volunteers that are helping me nowadays. All the cars that were that were given to us were taken off the lot here at the Truth Network by Terry and Scott's making these phone calls. But I think about you know all those phone calls I've made over the years, and here was this person in distress, and I think about what chaos was going on in their in their life. And when you think about it, the very first words that God said when he was going to create things, let there be light. And so all of a sudden, this person is is in this place where they don't know what to do. And my phone call, I don't mean it was me, but God telling me to call him, all of a sudden, oh, you're the Christian congregation. Oh, you're calling on behalf of God to help me. <laughs> and and it was like it brought light. You could You could hear everything relax. Now, sometimes they would think, oh, oh, you know, what is this, some kind of scheme or something? But as soon as I would say, can I pray with you, which is what I would do almost always right off the begin, right at the beginning, say, let me, can we just pray about this? And I would just pray with people. So I, you know, and I'd always thank God that they had the courage to call and ask for help because as we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, it's so blessed really to give, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to receive and, and it's a humble thing to receive. And so they would be so grateful that they that through the prayer I could hear truth coming in. You see, I, I could sense it that they're like, God is on my side. God is going to come through for me. If you look at the end of the story, if you read the Bible, you see we win. <laughs> I mean, it's all coming together. And the more you read and the more you study, the more you realize who Jesus is, and the more you realize the delights that are waiting for you, which again, gives you this layer of fat, which, you know, helps protect us from the cold, <laughs> and, and all these things that are coming our way. So what do you battle with, right? What's, what's the agreement? What's the lie that you tend to fall for? I would really love to hear that, because you know why? If you'd have the courage to call in at 866-348-7884 and share yours, I'll bet you there's 100 people listening that have the same one. And you know what? You help them see and identify their agreement, and they help you pray for you know your situation, which is, you know, oh, man, I'm not going to be able to make it through whatever it is you think you can't make it through right now. Or, you know, one of my one of the ones that, you know, always gets to me is for my kids, right? Are they going to be right with them? Like kind of like Job, <laughs> are my kids right with God? You know, and we're going to make sure that everybody's in heaven. You know, is he, is he going to come through for this? And, and, and those things are constantly, constantly on my heart. And so, you know, it's a, it's a neat thing. I, I'm doing an encouraging prayer um, later on today where James Banks, you know, my good friend who wrote Prayers for Prodigals, he, it's such a good episode, and I'm not going to spoil it all for you, but he does talk about this one part where you see these two lovers, you know, across the field, and they finally see each other at the end of the movie, and they come running, right? They come running. And I don't know if you heard it. I hope you did in that segment of the 23rd Psalm where she said, you pursue me, you run after me. It's like the father in the prodigal son story, right? When he saw his son coming a long way off, even though the son was a slacker, right? Even though the son had done all this shenanigans, right? 
when he saw him coming a long way off because he was what we call a Baal Teshuva, a master of repentance, right? So when you turn from that lie, from that deception, whatever it may be, and you turn back to God and say, you know what? I know you're going to meet this need. I know you're not going not gonna to give me anything I really need. If I don't need it, then that's why you didn't give it to me. You know, that kind of thing, that, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So that idea of teshuva, of repenting, brings God a place that's just unbelievable where he comes running. He's been running the whole time looking after, you know, he's, he's there throughout the whole thing. And, and so here's your opportunity. But again, in order to, to help us all see where we struggle along these lines, you got to have the courage to call in. And I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to go to a break here in a minute. But somebody, please, 866-348-7884, as you can tell, I'm here by myself today. But think about it. This won't be the last car you buy. (laughs) This won't be your last fishing trip. This won't be your last Christmas with Grandma, okay? It's just not going to (laughs) be. This is not. I mean, all these things are headed your way and you know, let's not be deceived. Let's not fall into that agreement. We, we have to see this. And again, as we take in the word, as we begin to study from obviously Genesis to Revelation, God is sharing a story that he can be trusted. He is going to meet delights way above anything that we could possibly imagine. So Again, I'm going to give that number one more time because I'm really looking forward to the call. The courageous person that's going to call in, 866-348-7884. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Today's Christian Car Guy show, Adam and Eve had an eating disorder. <laughs> and what all that implies. So, you know, we are looking forward to your calls at 866-348-7884. And what's Satan's go-to in your life? But I need to tell you that coming up at 1 o'clock on the Truth Network, we have Amy Cabo and The Cure. And their show today, talking about a lie that people go to, sobriety, Drinking, drugs, peer pressure, mommy wine culture. I hadn't heard of the mommy wine culture, but apparently Amy has. And they're going to be talking about that live and taking your calls at 1 o'clock today on The Cure on the Truth Network. So we got, I'm so excited. I am really excited. I'm just telling you. Because I got Warren is in Raleigh. Warren, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I am excited to hear what you have. 
man, I appreciate you taking my call. I think um, I dialed in right after I got off work, and <clears throat> so I think one of the things for me that's been a, I don't know if it's a deception or lie, or whatever, is just fear over uh, being able to provide for the family at certain times. Uh, went from a 25 years in a software sales career, and then decided we're going to go a different direction through prayer with Christ and family members and enrolled as a full-time student at Divinity School. Wow. Um, and so part of that was really concern of, I got three kids, got a wife that, um, you know, had battled cancer for years, doing great, but the fear of, man, are we, are we really going to be able to do this? But I cannot tell you the blessings that we've received over just a short period of time of the interactions, the fellowship, the kids understanding that, okay, we're going to put God first and um, that's how we're going to live our life. And I think those are blessings that I never expected. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was years of fear of I'm not doing this because I didn't think you, I could do it. <laughs> that's a beautiful connection for me, Warren, because I was thinking about, you know, Christian or Valiant and his testimony that he was taken out of his bosom at the very beginning of the show. You know, as he comes through for us, as we needed that stuff and he shows up right in time right and then we he builds our faith through the hills of difficulty right <laughs> right yeah. well, it's like soon as i started school my um my shower we have an upstairs shower and fixing an upstairs shower is probably one of the most aggravating things on the planet for me but just digging into the wall and trying to figure this out and i'm thinking well, where we're we going to get the funds for this but uh, people are friends of mine from church at he stepped in and actually taught me how to work with me on this, how to do it, how to fix it. It's just been, there's little blessings that come along the way that you don't even expect. Yeah, and you end up with the fellowship of the of the people that came out and helped you and, you know, feeling like, wow, I got to fix this. And, yeah, yeah, that is so and cool. I can do it for, and I can do it for somebody else. Yeah. So. That is beautiful. Warren, thank you so much. You made my day. I appreciate you calling hey, man, in. I appreciate it. God bless I love you. you thank you so much, Warren. God bless you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. So next up, we have the voice of the shining one herself. I mean, from you know, she was the one that helped Pilgrim wake up. So Anne Hall. <laughs> Good morning, my friend. Hey, one little line was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Wake up, you sluggard. Yes, it was wonderful. Oh, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful episode. I just enjoyed every second of it. <clears throat> and um, and I just wanted to say, this is so meaningful. There's so much, there's so much fat <laughs> in this, in your message today. And, and just constantly, I, for me, I, I beat up on myself a lot. You know, I, I, I procrastinate with things that I need to do that I'm afraid of. Mm. And then I get up. Uh, all uptight with myself about that and it, it is amazing how quickly we go back to that eve putting on the mask you know i mean from the very beginning they created their own you know their own uh, clothes to hide themselves that weren't you know acceptable to god and all that so it's like isn't it amazing how we just we avoid putting the fat on the liver you know what I got a great word for that, Anne. I really do. What? My my older daughter, Tess, uh-huh. she calls it adulting. She said that, you know, she was supposed to call in her mortgage. She was supposed to do something with her insurance. She says, Dad, uh-huh. I can only do so much adulting in a day. 
ain't that the truth? That is so, <laughs> I love that word. And, and so, you know, Boy, I was like. I must be an adult. Yes. But I, I basically, the, it, it, what it really comes to for me as I was listening is, is the shame factor. You know, uh, from the very beginning, we, we messed up and we, and we would have messed up with Eve. They didn't know what death meant. You know, I mean, I think mankind had to go through all this realizing how their choices count. But I wrote a little poem, if you'd like, if, if I have time. Please, very quickly yeah. To tell. Yeah, go and, ahead. And basically, for me, it comes back to just going back to where the fat is, you know, going back to where we can be fed and where we can believe. That's the tricky part. And it's a little poem called No Shame. And one day I'll stand before you when my time on earth is done. I will glory in the presence of God's re- resurrected Son. Like the time I saw Niagara and it took my breath away as thundering waters washed me, there was nothing I could say. I will stand there in your presence. I will look upon your face. I'll be washed with love and wonder as I melt in your embrace. I will feel no shame before you, though I have much to regret. As I kiss your nail-scarred hands, they will cause me to forget. Though I failed you all too often, though I wish I had done more, all those thoughts will be forgotten as I feel my spirit soar. Oh, my Jesus, you have saved me through the blood you shed for me. I'm clothed in your righteousness alone, and your death has set me free. By your death and resurrection, I can face you with no shame. My sin is blotted out, thank God, by your name and no other name. I will live with you for all of time because of what you've done, and I will worship you forever, God's only begotten Son. Oh, amen. There's a, hey, man, there's a lot of truth in that. We, Where's our applause that we usually give? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. She's got There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you. Love you. That's a beautiful poem. Thanks, and so much Seth truth. And, and, you know, if we could just lean on that, just keep leaning yeah. on it. Thank you, Ann. I got one other caller I got to get to. Okay. God bless. bless. Have a great Bye-bye. weekend. You too. Bye-bye. I have my good friend Clay is on in Durham, North Carolina. Hey, Clay, what you got for us quickly? Well, brother, you don't got to get to me. I mean, it's just like I'm calling in and you just like say, oh, look, somebody's calling that I know. You know, you're talking about this situation about um, what happened in the garden um, and, you know, with with the deceiving. We've got to remember that that was created by God, you know, because uh, that's exactly what happened. That's what he does. And it's like I shared I have shared with many people, and I think I've shared it with you uh, two or three, maybe more times. Um, you know, creation is so much more than the book of Genesis. But, yes, there is a catch to this. The interesting thing about it, the opposite of deceive is believe. And, you know, there's so much deception out there and yeah. what is going on. But it's what you believe in your heart. And, you know, it says, you know, your soul and everything else. Well, there we go. Clay, I hate to run out on you, but we're out of time. But thank you, my friend. I appreciate you calling in, and you're so right. It is what you believe. That's faith. And we need that fat on our bones. The only way we can get it is studying the Word. So, you know, thank you so much for listening to the Christian Car Guy show today. Remember, you can get more information at the podcast or at christiancarguy.com. And as always, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. Thank you for listening. This is the Truth Network.